0: January the 12th, 2024, 2 Samuel, Chapter 7, The Davidic Covenant. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Father God, for your word this morning. You indeed are an awesome God. Grace and peace, my brothers and sisters. My name is RJ and I welcome you to another episode of God is Faithful and Just, with all things being relational. And Father God, we thank you this morning. Thank you for this day, the 12th day of January, a day that we've never seen before, yet you've allowed us to be here on this side of eternity with an anticipation of being blessed by you, of hearing your words, your instructions, your truths, being guided this day by the Holy Spirit. Give us this day our daily bread, Father God. We look forward to hearing from you and be a blessing those around us we love you we praise you we honor you in the mighty and majestic name of your son jesus glory glory hallelujah and thank you today family blessed is the lord our god thank you for allowing me to be a part of your space this private moment but god is truly good and you've allowed me to be in that moment that you shared with him be blessed on today we're in second samuel chapter 7 and God has allowed us to entitle this particular episode, Davidic Covenant. It's a very important portion of scripture. But let's think about at this stage in the second book of Samuel, we have uncovered many aspects of human nature as well as God's divine nature. They are both meant to exist on this side of eternity. However, we know that God knows the final outcome already. Therefore, our desire is to be led by his divine guidance so that the conclusion will glorify him we are witnessing david a man after god's own heart coming into the position that god said he would come into as a result we continue to embrace the characters in this story and how god interacts with them we also embrace how god is guiding us during this current season in our lives and the lives of those around us within our sphere of influence holy spirit we seek your guidance and direction, as we seek to glorify God in all our thinking, emotions, and actions. We pray this in the mighty and majestic name of Jesus, our Lord, our Savior. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Be blessed on today, family. Second Samuel, chapter seven, the Davidic covenant. Now when the king lived in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all his surrounding enemies, the king said to Nathan the prophet, See now, I will dwell in the house of Cedar, but the ark of God dwells in a tent. And Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. But that same night the word of the Lord came to Nathan, Go But my steadfast love will not depart from him, as I took it from Saul, whom I put away from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever ever before me. Your throne shall be established for ever. In accordance with all these words, and in accordance with all this vision, Nathan spoke to David. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord and said, Who am I? O Lord God, and what is my house that you have brought me thus far? And yet, this was a small thing in your eyes, O Lord God. You have spoken also of your servant's house for a great while to come, and this is instruction for mankind, O Lord God. And what more can David say to you? For you know your servant, O Lord God. Because of your promise, and according to your own heart, you have brought about all this greatness, to make your servant know it. Therefore you are great, O Lord God. For there is none like you, and there is no God beside you, according to all that we have heard with our ears. And who is like your people Israel, the one nation on earth whom God went to redeem to be his people, making himself a name and doing for them great and awesome things by driving out before your people whom you redeemed for yourself from Egypt, a nation, and its gods. And you established for yourself your people Israel to be your people forever. And you, O Lord, became their God. And now, O Lord God, confirm forever the word that you have spoken concerning your servant and concerning this house. And do as you have spoken, and your name will be magnified forever, saying, The Lord of hosts is God over Israel and the house of your servant David will be established before you for you O Lord of hosts the God of Israel have made this revelation to your servant saying I will build you a house therefore your servant has found courage to pray this prayer to you and now O Lord God you are God and your words are true and you have promised this good thing to your servant. Now therefore, may it please you to bless the house of your servant, so that it may continue forever before you. For you, O Lord God, have spoken, and with your blessing shall the house of your servant be blessed forever. Glory, hallelujah. The Davidic Covenant. We need to go to school for a little while because We have here the most important passage in the books of Samuel, and one of the key passages in the whole Old Testament. It discusses the future of Jerusalem, of the Jerusalem sanctuary, in fact, and of the Davidic monarchy, the two institutions which were vital to the people of Israel for several centuries after David. Through the prophet Nathan, God made firm promises to David about both of these things. These solemn divine promises amounted to an everlasting covenant given to David. The two themes are cleverly linked by the words or the use of the word house. The same Hebrew word not only meant an ordinary house but also a temple and thirdly a dynasty just as in English the current British royal family is called the House of Windsor. The chapter begins by discussing David's plan to build a temple for Yahweh, a house for God, as seen in verse 5. Then in verse 11, the theme of a house for David is introduced. Not his palace, but the Davidic dynasty. In other words, the sons and the descendants who would succeed him as king in Jerusalem. God's promises about both these things are brought together in verse 13, which says, David's son will build the temple. The dynasty will last forever. These are very positive promises, but the chapter contains a number of negative points too. First, David's plan to build the temple is refused, which means that even though we have something good in our heart to do, God may send someone else to tell us that it's not the time or we're not the person to do it. Secondly, God does not take pleasure in temples. These two points are amplified or implied by verses 5 through 7. And thirdly, verse 14 recognizes that some of David's descendants would be unworthy kings and would deserve and get divine punishment. These various points, both positive and negative, provide a description and an explanation for the events from David's time which was the early 10th century before Christ, down to 587 before Christ. In that period, the temple was built not by David, but by his son Solomon. Many of their successors were weak or sinful, but the dynasty continued unbroken for four centuries. In 587 BC, the temple was destroyed by the Babylonians and Judah ceased to be a kingdom. The family of David continued in existence, but never regained the throne. What message does this chapter hold for such a changed situation? It tells us first that God is not dependent on temples, and His people therefore do not need temples. Stephen of the Seven reemphasized this lesson in New Testament times, and we'll read about that in Acts chapter 7. Secondly. God's promise that David's descendants was permanent. It was the basis of the the expectation of the Messiah. This promise gave assurance to the generations of God's people who lived in the last centuries of the Old Testament period and then received its fulfillment in the birth of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, as the whole New Testament and the Christian Church bear witness. All these promises, as God fulfilled them, would make David's name great, as we read in verse 9. Without question, David was Israel's greatest king, and his reputation stands for all time as one of the greatest men of history. However, his God-given greatness was not for his own benefit and glory, but in order to benefit the nation he ruled. So verse 10 indicates God's plans and promises for Israel through David. These promises came through a fact that came true during David's own reign and remained God's ultimate plans for his people despite the fact that in later times, Israel and Judah often suffered political hardships chiefly because of their sins against God. These plans depended on the fulfillment of God's promise to send a son of David, the Messiah, who would be the one finally to bring God's people security and peace they always needed how is God using you to be a blessing to those within your sphere of influence father God bless us your people that we might hear know and do all that you have created us for to be blessed and be a blessing to those in our sphere of influence so that it magnifies you and glorifies your holy name. In the holy and majestic name of Jesus, we pray. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Be encouraged on today, family. It's my hope, it's my prayer that you have gotten a lesson out of this lesson in in terms that the the Davidic covenant is not something that we could just overlook. It is something that brings into fruition the promise of jesus the messiah and we need to know and understand that clearly so that in our prayer so that in our testimony so that as we speak to others we will know what the hope is that we have it is in jesus christ our lord our savior and those of you my friends soon to be family we not clearly understand these words that we have spoken unto today that the Lord has put into our hearts into our spirit it is because of sin sin has blinded us all at some point in our lives from hearing and receiving what the Lord our God has said and is continuing to say but God oh hallelujah God has said if you confess your sins to him he is faithful he is just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness If out of your mouth you call upon the name of Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead to pay the penalty, the price for your sin, you shall be saved. Your eyes shall be opened. Your ears shall hear. You shall taste and see that the Lord our God, he is good and he is worthy to be praised. And we want to walk with you, family. This journey was not made to be walked alone. It was made to be shared with and in community. Let us come alongside you. Let us do life with you. Let us share this journey with you. We love you, indeed we do. Grace and peace be upon you. And we look forward to being with you here again on tomorrow. And in the meantime, family, be a blessing to those around you. Glory, glory, hallelujah.